What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Wanted to get on here, have on here in a while. So. Edit all this out from the original. Sorry about that. All right. So <laughs> that's the greatest thing with going live is that you can see some bloopers, you can hear some bloopers. So that's me listening to me while assessing me. But um, welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Got a Excellent episode for you guys today. Uh, this episode will also be going on the Dynasty Overload podcast, even though we're talking redraft, amongst other things. Uh, plenty to cover. You have the Jonathan Taylor debacle going on, right? You have Jim Irsay, the owner for the Colts, talking about he doesn't want to pay running backs. And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who's citing all of these other great running backs that played well last year and that are going to continue to play well. The NFL is going away from paying running backs. When you franchise these guys, they're getting a mere 10 million, barely 10 million. Saquon held out and he barely got what an extra million. And that's just in incentives. So if those incentives don't happen. He's still getting that 10 million for a, a back such as Saquon. But can you blame the Giants being that Saquon has not been healthy? Um, and with running backs, it's a position that's so easily replaceable. Now, I'm not saying that you're gonna find a Saquon Barkley just sitting in the draft so easily. You know, you get these, you know, you got these B. John Robinsons and these Jameer Gibbs of the world that are coming into play. But at the same time, it's like with the influx of talent coming in at that RB position, it's just so tough to pay these backs how they deserve to be paid. So with that being said, with the JT injury, they can put him on a list to where he can lose out on potential income, right? But at the same time, it's Jonathan Taylor. Is he's a guy that what scored twenty like two hundred uh, uh sorry twenty touchdowns a few years ago. He's a guy that's entering his prime, and he's a guy that's going to do a lot of great things uh, moving forward. So, with Jonathan Taylor injury, does it affect what's happening in in dynasty startups? Right. I, I saw a draft where Jonathan Taylor usually goes within the first five picks of the second round. He slid a little bit. A guy like Brees Hall, he's another one. A coveted back, one of the uh, top backs in Dynasty last year. He was hearing the talks about Brees Hall being the number two Dynasty running back because he's a Dynasty asset. He's young. He was, you know, high draft capital, this and that. And now Brees Hall is going as late as 210, which is where I believe Brees Hall should be going because I was having a talk with my guy, Razman, and I said, look, Somebody took CMC at the 201 in the Dynasty Startup. I said CMC should not go in the second round. That's just me. Whether you're trying to win now or win later, what's the difference between grabbing a CMC at 201 or Eckler in the third round? Austin Eckler just went at the 301 in our draft. So what's a better value? Eckler at 301, who was the RB1 last year, or CMC, who is the RB2 going at 201? All I'm saying is that, there's some stud wide receivers that should go before a CMC, a CD Lamb, who has that lifespan attached to a good quarterback, a guy like Garrett Wilson, who has a good quarterback, at least for these next two seasons, potentially with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's more uh, uh, wide receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, attached to a good offense. Maybe not the best quarterback, but Jared Goff did play well last year. Also, Jalen Waddle, 
attached to a quarterback that could play that he played with in college and to Tagovailoa when he's healthy. So these are receivers that I'm going to take over a CMC at 201. And I said that, that's my argument, and I'm, and I'm going to stick with it because I truly honestly believe that there are receivers and even position players and even quarterbacks. I'm taking Dak over CMC. I'm taking uh, Deshaun Watson over CMC. I just say there are 12 guys that are better than CMC taking him at the 201 to me is a mistake. Uh, some people take him in the first round. That's bananas. I don't care what kind of RB premium. I don't care what kind of potential CMC possesses. Give me a Jameer Gibbs over CMC just because of the lifespan. You know, if I'm going to invest in the CMC, we're hoping he gives us three more years, right? But what if he doesn't? But that's with any player. That's with any positions. But, yeah, with running back position, the way that it's it's going right now, of course, CMC has the security because he's been paid and, you figure he's going to stick around in uh, San Francisco for a while, being that they gave up major draft capital to draft to go ahead and acquire this guy. So that could be a reason why people go after CMC the way that they that they do in dynasty startups. But for me, honestly, um, yeah, give me the value. Even a, a Josh Jacobs going in the fourth round. Give me uh, um, Austin Eckler when I can go ahead and get these elite wide receivers because these receivers go fast. Give me guys like A.J. Brown. And the, the list goes on and on and on about 12 guys that I would select over CMC. Do you guys agree with this statement? Let me know in the comment section. Let me know on Twitter. You guys can find me on Twitter at Manny Chakuba. So let the conversation continue there. So, yeah, we see a trend in running backs being negated running backs being disrespected, running backs not being in that same caliber of, you know, wide receivers and whatnot. So you see these RBs falling. Now, for me, I would typically grab my running backs cheap. So in my current startup right now, which we're going to talk about on our next uh, uh, segment, but I had a chance to grab a back in the fourth round. But because I'm on that 410 and that uh, 503 swing, I said, let me go ahead and get my quarterback here and then come back around and get my RB1. Now, there's still plenty available. You got guys like Najee Harris. He's available. You have guys like, um, what's his name? I got to go back in here. Ramondre Stevenson. He's a guy that I am excited about this year. Even if they sign a, a, a Ezekiel Elliott, Ramondre Stevenson has shown that he can catch the ball. He had 69 receptions last year. So that's why I'm still going to target guys like, Najee or guys like Ramondre because of the value of getting these guys in the fifth round is greater than going after some of these backs in that second round. That's just tough for me to do in a dynasty startup. Man, I got my guy, the, uh, <laughs> she, Laura, in the building. Man, appreciate you hopping on the stream. So I put up a post and I said, Daniel Jones or CJ Stroud. And when you look at it, right, Daniel Jones was uh, a top 12 QB last year has a, had a magnificent year under day ball. He can run the ball, but they did not improve the weapons for Daniel Jones. So why should I go after Daniel Jones when I can go after a CJ Stroud? Now you can say, Oh, CJ Stroud might do nothing in year one. Just because I go with CJ Stroud in the fourth round, which is to me is mind blowing where I got him at, at the four ten. I can still draft another veteran wide receiver, like a, I mean, sorry, veteran quarterback, like a Aaron Rodgers or, or a Jared Goff. All these guys are available late. So in your startup, you want to grab 
the high upside players. That's what it's all about. Don't worry about what your team looks like as you're building it right now. Some people try to build their team for the championship right now. I'm not necessarily concerned about building my team for the championship right now. But guess what? Just because I grab young players early doesn't mean that I can't grab old players late. You want to have that mixture. So for me, I put up a post and um, Twitter. Let me see what Twitter is currently saying right now. Everybody was citing the CJ Stroud because obviously there's no context to um, to my vote or to you know what I'm saying. So my good guy, uh, um, Jorge Martin, said if they can bring that 49er system to Houston, I'll take my chances on Stroud. Salute. So, yeah, C.J. Stroud has been getting all of uh, uh, the love right now. Uh, right now it's 63.9% to Daniel Jones, 36.1%. Now, Daniel Jones, he is a good QB, too. I already have Lamar Jackson. So having a Daniel Jones as my QB, too, so solidifies my team and tells me, hey, I can go and push for a championship this year. But also, what is the difference between – Daniel Jones in the fourth round or Kirk Cousins in the fifth round. You see what I'm saying? See, it's all about value. So why not grab you a C.J. Stroud and you can still go Kirk Cousins. You can still go, um, what's his name, Jared Goff. You can still go Geno. You can still go Aaron Rodgers. All these other quarterbacks are available. So I had to take C.J. Stroud there. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comment section. Let me know on Twitter. Daniel Jones or C.J. Stroud in a dynasty startup, who are you most comfortable with? with now the next topic is jsn versus devonta smith this was a tough one for me because already devonta smith was already a wide receiver nine right but i'm gonna make a case for both devonta smith and then also jsn devonta smith is playing with a good quarterback devonta smith is in a good offense devonta smith is still young and what, 24 years of age? And he's shown that he can succeed with an alpha in A.J. Brown. Now, this doesn't always happen. There has to be stipulations. There has to be different things that made Devonta Smith a wide receiver one this year along with A.J. Brown. Next year, it's not guaranteed that Devonta Smith gives you these same numbers, but long term, you can appreciate what Devonta Smith can do for you. Now, Devonta Smith, for me, is better than T. Higgins. So when you look at that T. Higgins, you look at two really good elite-type wide receivers on the same team. How do they translate? We saw what Godwin and Mike Evans have done for years. Both guys were in that uh, wide receiver one type thing, but they had Tom Brady. You look at a team like the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, but yet T. Higgins has not yet been a wide receiver one yet. He's a glorified wide receiver too. But the difference between Devonta Smith and um, T. Higgins is that Devonta Smith is him. T. Higgins is not. I love T. Higgins. I'm a big fan of T. Higgins. But Devonta Smith is special talent. He was a guy that was drafted high, high draft capital in the first round. A.J. Brown was a guy that was drafted in the second round of his draft. But that was a loaded draft with Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, and the list goes on and on and on on that marvelous wide receiver class. So sometimes when the wide receivers are deep, you can – possibly get guys a little later. So there's nothing wrong with where A.J. Brown went. But A.J. Brown is a dog, right? So in the next two to three years, where's A.J. Brown? If you had a choice to pay both, obviously you're going to pay A.J. Brown, regardless of age, because A.J. Brown is just different. At Devonta Smith's size, 
can he really be a true number one receiver on a team? I don't know. Only time will tell. There will come a time when they have to pay either Devonta or they, or they pay AJ Brown. If you're buying Devonta, he could be that guy. So we, we don't know. But when I look at JSN, right, and I look at DK Metcalf, right, DK Metcalf is that elite type of wide receiver as well. So we're going to talk about DK Metcalf versus Devonta Smith versus T. Higgins. T. Higgins is the worst of the three. DK Metcalf is a special talent, but at the same time, he's been outperformed the last two years by a guy uh, of the name of Tyler Lockett. So you can say, oh, DK Metcalf opened it up for Tyler Lockett, but both guys were playing with special quarterback and Russell Wilson until Russell Wilson left. And then when Russell Wilson leaves, guess what? Tyler Lockett still produced with Geno Smith. So did DK Metcalf. But now DK Metcalf is going to be a guy that's going to be a wide receiver too the rest of his career if he stays in Seattle. If, if I mean, think about it. To me, JSN is going to be a special talent. I think that JSN has the potential to be better than Garrett Wilson, has the potential to be better than uh, uh, Chris Olave. What do you guys say? Now, JSN, because I think he can be that next Garrett Wilson, that next Justin Jefferson type guy, that next Jamar Chase type of guy, I truly believe that he's that talent, that talented and that special that I'm willing to buy JSN right now with the hopes that he can be. Now, we know what Devontae Smith is. Next year, I don't think that Devontae Smith is a wide receiver one. I just don't. I think that you're going to see more guys creep into that wide receiver one conversation. Terry McLaurin is a guy that could creep into wide receiver one conversation this year, but it's a conversation that we're not ready to have. So there's going to be tons of competition for wide receiver one. I don't think that there's any rookie coming in this year that could push for that. But then you never know. Let's see how that Seattle offense looks. You know, both of their running backs are, 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 are banged up right now. They're down to Kenny McIntosh. So if it does turn into a passing type offense, where is the touches and the targets for guys like JSN, Lockett, and DK Metcalf? So I think that JSN has a better path to wide receiver one on his particular team than Devonta Smith has to wide receiver one on his team with A.J. Brown. As long as A.J. Brown is there, which I, I project that A.J. Brown couldn't be on the Eagles for the next three years, that means for, for the next three years, Devonta Smith is fighting with A.J. Brown for the rights to be the, the team's number one. Now, you look at D.K. Metcalf, you look at Tyler Lockett, this could be possibly Tyler Lockett's last year. He leaves, and guess what? It's going to be the JSN versus D.K. Metcalf show. And if that's the case, you're going to see a lot, a lot of JSN outperforming the DK Metcalf. This is something that's natural. This is something that could happen. We've seen the Julio and Calvin Ridley. Uh, we've seen the uh, uh, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. We've seen these young up-and-coming receivers come in and become threats for targets for the team's current number one wide receiver. So, Give me JSN over Devontae Smith. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section for those that are watching the replay and for those that are listening to the show. Like I said, you guys can hit me on Twitter. Now, we get into our third topic. Najee Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson is a guy, we talked about him a little bit on the show already, a guy that had, what, over 65 receptions last year. He's a guy that... People said he can't catch. I said, I watched this guy's tape in college. It's not that he can't catch. He's capable. He didn't do it a lot, but he looks really good. And then you you 
the knocked on Ramondre Stevens, Ramondre Stevenson has always been the draft capital. Oh, he's a fourth rounder, fourth round. Running backs don't really succeed because they don't have the high draft capital. Um, they they talked about, you know, New England having Bill Belichick, who plays the Jekyll and Hyde situation, having these different running backs and this and that. And then Damian Harris goes down with injury. And when that happens, Ramondre Stevenson to the moon, he showed that he can carry the load as a, a, a full-time back. He did that job. Very, very phenomenal. Um, but the thing with running backs is, like I said, I like to buy them cheap. So getting my running backs in the fifth, sixth, seventh round of a startup is where I kind of want to be anyways. And then try to get my receivers and my running backs, I mean, my receivers and quarterbacks early and even tight ends in a tight end premium. So it just all depends on how you want to build and the structure of your team and where you're headed, what you're trying to do. There's so many different ways that you can build your team. But Ramondre, back to Ramondre and Najee. Najee was a guy that was drafted in the first round, coming in from a big school, Alabama, um, a guy that has massive, massive potential, had a great rookie season, caught over 70 balls from Ben Roethlisberger, which projected, which made him a running back one, right? But in this past season, we see Ramondre do some of the stuff that Najee Harris was able to do, which is catch a lot of passes. So anytime you're catching a lot of passes, you are in a different spectrum. You're in a different realm when it comes to running backs. If you're playing in PPR leagues, you want to see your running backs be relevant. And what better way can you do that than, you know, to have uh, um, these these uh, PPR, these, these, these receptions elevate you. So rookie season for Najee Harris, right? He had 94 targets. He caught 71, 74 passes. 74 passes. That's already 74 points. That's already 74 points to his total. So he had 301 points in his rookie season. 301.7. And out of that 301, 74 of those points was from just receptions. So when he finished the season, he finished the season as RB3. So when you're getting these receptions, it makes a difference to kind of where these running backs fall. Then the very next year, even though that he had a dip in rushing yards from 1,200 to, to 1,038, and then the touchdowns remained the same, seven rushing touchdowns, but then the targets, he went from 94 targets rookie season to 53, and then he went from 74 receptions to 41 receptions. Had he got another 70 receptions, then guess what? He would have been a RB1 once again, a top 12 RB, but instead he was RB 14. And people are starting to sleep on, on uh, Najee Harris. He's starting to fall. But, you know, it's, that's just kind of how these, this thing goes. These running backs, when it's time to pay them, do you pay them? Do you not pay them? It's just like an ongoing thing. and You really don't know how to proceed. Now, Najee Harris is 25 years old. Let's look at Ramondre Stevenson. He's also 25 years old. He's also in his second year, right? But what happened for Ramondre Stevenson in the second year was he rushed for ten, uh, uh, 1,040 yards, right? He rushed for five touchdowns, same as his rookie season. And then he had 88 targets for 69 receptions, so almost 70 receptions. And then he also added another touchdown. So the more receptions these running backs get, uh, the better. And if you can get one of these two guys in the fifth round, so like right now I'm looking at 503, and there's a possibility that I walk away with either Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, even a Kenneth Walker. I understand that 
Charbonnet is there, but if you can get a Kenneth Walker at the 503 is great. Or you can wait for two more rounds and get you a Charbonnet. Either way it goes, that's great. Um, I'm fine with these two guys. Some guys are big on, you know, guys like Pollard. But I'm not big on Pollard, okay? And what's so crazy is that I can still end up grabbing Daniel Jones here. So that's the beauty of this draft. Also, I have some, some young receivers that I'm looking at, like a Christian Watson. I like him a lot. Uh, Jordan Addison, I like him a lot. He could be a potential pick for me. And then I continue to build my young core of wide receivers. And then I can always go vets at the end to kind of like solidify and, and you know, kind of fill up my team. Um, so always in a startup, get you players that you feel are you know, first-round talent in rookie drafts. Of course, C.J. Stroud, of course, J.S.N., these were guys that were top three to top five picks. I was able to get two of those guys within my first four picks. And then there's still another chance that I'm able to add to the great group I already have right now. And then later on, I can kind of fill in my team and kind of, like, figure out how I want to build. But starting off my team with Lamar Jackson and C.D. Lamb, those are two pieces that you can, you know, use right now for a win-now approach. Um, but at the same time, they're young enough to be guys that can be staples for you moving forward. Lamar being 26 years young and CeeDee Lamb being 24 years young. Add in a JSN, add in a CJ Stroud, which was just beautiful at 21 years old. I can then add another quarterback to kind of solidify that group. And then I start to work on my flexes. I start to work on different things. Maybe grab my first running back here and then have that core of a five uh, a, a team uh, like uh, let's say I get Najee or let's say I get Ramondre, one of those two guys I love it because they're in their second year going into their third year, meaning that after that they'll have one more year of eligibility before the NFL chews them up and spits them out and does what they typically do to different running backs. But I wanted to talk about Cooper Cup. You know, a lot of guys were high on him this year, and I'm high on him still. I think that Cooper Cup is going to have a great year i think the cooper cup is a dog i mean he's one of those guys that are special right so what do special players do they 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 perform at a peak performance when they are young now you see guys picking up guys like puka because you know cooper cup is out but they haven't said how long he's going to be out so it's just one of those things when players get hurt they continue to get hurt it could this be the year that cooper cup fizzles out because of injury I don't know, but I do have some Cooper Cup shares. He's a guy that I've grabbed in my win-now teams, but he's not a guy that I'm trading for. Matter of fact, I traded away Cooper Cup all this offseason for massive, massive returns just because you know who Cooper Cup is. So, yeah, that injury to Cooper Cup is crazy. Right now, we're just hoping that the players that we love and like stay healthy and make it through preseason and make it through training camp and get to the season. Speaking of the preseason, we have football tonight. We have the Browns versus the Jets. We're going to get to see what uh, Zach Wilson has to offer. We're going to see that Brownlee guy. That Brownlee guy is, has been looking magnificent in practice. He's a guy that is, like, I mean, he's picking up steam. So let's see what he does in a preseason game. Uh, for the Browns, I don't know who's actually going to play. I think that both teams kind of sit out there like their starters for the most part, and then, you know, get to that third game and you see a dress rehearsal being that this is uh, the first game. That means that the Browns and the Jets will have a total of, what, four games. So you got to kind of be careful. And so we'll see how long Zach Wilson goes. We'll see, does Zach Wilson look good? And we'll see, can Zach Wilson 
sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or two and turn into a solid quarterback. That's really what's better for some of these guys. You see Jordan Love finally getting it, you know, getting some time to kind of, uh, you know, show what he can do. But speaking of Jordan Love, let's go ahead and talk about this Green Bay offense for a little bit. You have Romeo Dobbs, young guy, second-year player. You have um, Christian Watson, second-year player. You have Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed, a rookie, right? You have the two tight ends, Mossgrave, who they're saying is tearing up in camp. They're saying he's fast. You have Kraft, two rookie tight ends. So when you look at that group, that receiving group is young. It's a bunch of first- and second-year guys. But then when you look at that running back room, these guys, AJ, I mean, AJ, um, Aaron Jones, yes, AJ, and AJ Dillon, the two AJs, those are going to be the guys that they're going to lean on to kind of help Jordan Love. So in Dynasty, I do love Jaden Reed. Um, he's a guy that I'm targeting. Um, and then obviously, Dobbs, I think one of these three guys emerge as a solid flex play for you, not just in Dynasty, but also in Redraft. So I know I titled this show Redraft is near. Let's talk a little bit of redraft. In your in your uh drafts, right? What are you really targeting? Like, is are you going for the stud wide receiver, your first couple picks, and a guy like Jefferson? Let's say you get the one-on-one, you grab your Jefferson, and then when it comes back around, you can grab you another uh potential stud wide receiver. Or do you go ahead and load up your running back? And then maybe in the fourth round, fourth, fifth, sixth round, you target your wide receivers. This is where you can get your Jerry Judy's of the world, your DK Metcalf's of the world, to the uh, Terry McLaurin. So these are uh, places where you target these guys, like how Debo Samuel was targeted so a few years back in the fourth, fifth round, and this guy turns into a bona fide wide receiver one. Or you get you that Cooper Cup in that third round or so, or that borderline fourth round, late second round, depending on where you got him in. You know, do you believe in a player? And then he blows up. So my question for you guys is, who would be the Justin Jefferson of this year? You guys think it's going to be a Jamar Chase? You guys think it's going to be somebody who's never done anything before? Maybe a potential Jerry Judy? Sean Payton is out there. Russell Wilson it looked good to end the season. So it could be a guy like, let's say, a Brandon Ayuk. Let's say that Debo Samuels gets hurt like he always does. It opens it up for Brandon Ayuk, Terry McLaurin with improved quarterback play this year in Sam Howell and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I see Terry McLaurin being targeted and being used better than he's ever been used in his entire career. So he has that potential to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. So there's going to be tons of guys that have the potential to be not just wide receiver ones, but ultimately the wide receiver one. So, It'll be interesting to see. Um, but in the first round of, of, of that redraft, you're looking at guys like CMC, Eckler. Those are the elites of the elites. And do not be mistaken when you see B. John Robinson going at the end of the first round. He's that good. He's that special. He reminds me a lot of a Saquon Barkley. When Saquon Barkley came in, I was able to grab him late in the first round, uh, you know, rookie pick. So you guys have fun with your redraft season. Hope this episode helped you guys a lot. Uh, you guys are listening to Dynasty Overload, a fantasy podcast, and you are on the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. I will catch you guys later. Y'all have a blessed one. Yeah, peace.